Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the best of breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. What a first round of footy highlighted by yesterday's win for the Dolphins against the Roosters in Brisbane. And how good was it to have Wayne Bennett back? However... There's now a few question marks on the Roosters, among others. Plus our reaction to Ricky Stewart's comments from the weekend. And Liverpool, hear this, 7-0 winners over Manchester United. Wow, what a weekend. How good to be with you on this Monday morning. Welcome to the program Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. Uh, <laughs> in the last half hour, Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. My goodness. Uh, Bahrain Grand Prix, are you a... Daniel Ricciardo fan, what are you thinking now about McLaren? Last and did not finish. I don't think Daniel was the problem. And then we get to talk about the rugby league this morning as I welcome Mr. Greg Alexander, who celebrated his birthday on Saturday. I mean, there may have been better first rounds, but I can't think of one right off the top of my head, Brandy, and all the time I've followed rugby league. I thought sensational, sensational. Yeah, some great footy, Vossi. You're right. Uh, I'm... I find it hard to, to recall round one games, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to put anything ahead of what happened over the weekend. And it goes right back to Thursday night. It started with the Eels and the Storm. Uh, in a Probably wasn't a, a, a great spectacle of rugby league, but how the game finished and, and you know the, the storylines around the, the Melbourne Storm win, making it 20 in a row, and um, Cameron Munster playing on with a compound fracture of his hand. That, so that kicked us off, but then the, the the level didn't drop as we went through the weekend, Friday nights. And we had you know Brisbane knocking off Penrith. We had the Warriors showing some resilience against Newcastle, who were a chance of winning at some stage late in that game. Uh, Manly put the, th- the cleaners through the dogs in the end, but that was a game for 40 minutes, 12-6 at halftime. Kyle Flanagan, Sinbind... Just before half time, Manly ran in a try to, to take the lead. The Cowboys led the Raiders 18 0, then were almost run down by the Raiders up there at home, 19 18, a Chad Townsend field goal to separate that one. The South Sharks game, I will say, for 50 minutes, that was the best footy I've, I saw all weekend. The, the, the Sharks South game for 50 minutes was sensational. And then we had yesterday. Now, Coming into the game, uh, look, we had Wally the Statman on Thursday and he actually said, I think the Dolphins can win. And I, I sort of chuckled. I said, well, come on, Wally, you're, you're a Roosters man. You know, you, you're always pessimistic about your team's chances. But uh, the Dolphins at Suncorp Stadium yesterday, and we called the game, Vossi, was, was incredible. It, it really mm. was. And I know you have to temper that with how bad the Roosters were. Was that... Was that I, that, that might have been the worst I've seen the Roosters play in four years. But anyway, credit to the Dolphins and then the Titans and the Tigers to round it out. That, that was a great game of footy. When, the, when, when Dewey scored a try to get the Tigers back into it, that, that was a game of footy and well done, Titans. Yeah, wow. The Tigers rickshaw that I'm on. <laughs> oh, Are you hang still on. on? 
I'll hang on to the rickshaw for a little while, but it's a very Jeez, uncomfortable a ride. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not comfort. It's not business class. Wheels are wobbling uh, already. Look, I would love to hear from... Look, we're, we're broadcasting everywhere, everywhere, quite obviously, out of the studios in Sydney, 11.70am, but uh, through the SEN network. But in particular, our uh, Queensland listeners through SENQ 693am in Brisbane, 1620am on the Gold Coast, the SEN track uh, network through Queensland. Love to hear from some Queensland listeners taking us for the first hour just on the reaction to the Dolphins and what happened yesterday. Uh, Wayne Bennett's the huge story. I mean, Wayne Bennett is a massive story. 73 years of age, 47 years after he first started coaching at Ipswich, 35 years after he led the Broncos on their first day at the same ground, albeit very different back in the day, 1988, Lang Park when Brisbane beat Manly. I mean, 35 years later, He's coaching the Dolphins on their first day to knock over a heavyweight, the Roosters. Uh, it's an incredible moment in rugby league history. 28-18, the win over the Roosters. I think we need to start the show with Wayne Bennett. He was asked for his thoughts on the win. Here is what a very chuffed Wayne Bennett had to say. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> Good day at the office. Oh, they brought you up. <laughs> wow. That's been a big game. Dawn of the Dolphins. You had to come out of, out, of, out, of, out of Sydney. You were coaching in 88 when they beat Manly. Who remembers that? Well, we all do, Wayne. How does it... Does this compare? Yeah, of course it compares. Isaac Atoa. Pretty unbelievable for, performance for a debutant. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was special. I don't think... Well, he just did his job and... He's got a lot more in him yet, a lot more upside yet, so... Move on to Canberra, big challenge, back to sell out. Uh, can we just enjoy today? You can. Thank you. <laughs> How good is it to have him back? I mean, ro- you know, wrap him up, mummify him when he does pass away. Hopefully it's no time soon because he's a treasure. He's a national treasure, Wayne Bennett. It's incredible. I, I, you know what? I See, I, I hadn't heard that, Vossi, and um, I, I like his comments about Isaiah Katoa. So... Every everyone the, the press are ready to jump on and go, Oh, Isaiah Katoa, how good like it was it was good. It was a good first first game for him. But Wayne said it perfectly. Well, you know, he just did his job. He just he just played footy, he didn't do anything remarkable in the game, but held his own. I, I like that. He doesn't get overexcited about things. He he just keeps it yes. Keeps the, the playing yes. field level. Mind you, the seven, Sean O'Sullivan, was very, very good. The fullback, Hamaso, Tabuai, Fido, and Felice Cafusi, who won the uh, Artie Legacy medal, the, the medal named after Arthur Beetson for the clashes between Roosters and Dolphins. That was fantastic. I think there's also some songs. People saying, well, is there a song we can play to celebrate the, the Dolphins having a win? Well, this is, this is what Charlie Good said. What's up, Charlie? He's come up with a few bits and pieces that we can pay tribute to this National Dolphins Day. It's nice to hear that. It's nice to hear that. But but we said, Charlie, there's got to be more. There's got to be more than that. And Charlie said, yes, but wait, there is more. He has right. put together. I mean, Charlie's head goes to strange places. Let's face it. We don't live on the same. Well, that's we obvious. don't live on planet that, Charlie. That's, obvious. that's been obvious over the, 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 the past 12 months. 
where Charlie's yeah. head so, goes. So this is Charlie's offering to the program outside of the theme song to Flipper. Yarr, it begins. The dolphins are upon us, and only this old sea dog knows how to stop them. <laughs> There it is. Oh. <laughs> it's our celebration. Charlie's so, working so the, through things. The, we... the dolphins, mm. the dolphins mm. who who I came very close to calling them Redcliffe a hundred times yesterday. Uh, the mm. dolphins, sure. they must have a. They've got a team song of some sort, haven't they? Have they got? Well, so, have they got anything? Someone said they. The song says fins, and it says at fifteen over fifteen minutes. All I says up the fins. Get up, your fins, fins up. Fin up or something like that. Get your fins up. Fin up. Get your fins up. That's it. Mm. Get your fins up. Uh, Charlie's also dug out Homer Simpson's reaction to the Dolphins' win, so let's play that. Well, you got to hand it to those Dolphins. They just wanted it more. <laughs> Charlie, right. I mean, we've waited. We've waited for this bloke, this young bloke that we we pulled off the streets. Um, we've waited Maybe for him. Maybe we should to send him back to the streets. Well, him and Jay <laughs> and our racing tipsters. Uh, anyway, thank you, Charlie, for that uh, you know wonderful uh, contribution to the program today. We'll play it again. The Homer Simpson grab is fantastic. Um, just, just wonderful. Just wonderful. And we're right about the rooster. So what's your big takeaways from the weekend? Throw them at us on the Motorola open line. Hello, Moto. Is she there? Hello, there, Moto. Thank you, yeah. 1-300-01-1170. Check out the latest smartphones from motorola.com.au. You can also get us on the text line, 0457-736-736. And there's big news here, Brandy. Big news. It is great to have the support of Edgewater Homes, who have come on board with our text line. So Edgewater Completed Homes are now selling in Catherine Park Estate, Edgewater Homes, dot com dot au our text line number is zero four five seven seven three six seven three six i'm going to say the project homes out of edgewater homes i mean talk about if i was in that position with a block of land take the stress out of the, the whole box and dice just go google edgewater homes go edgewaterhomes.com.au and you're on your way seriously folks if you if you're looking at a new home edgewater homes that is your start point right now now ricky Stewart, the hia's the independent doctor, Brandy. Um, we'll talk more Big in depth about it, but oh, Houston, we've got a problem. We've got, we, we have mm. a problem. Players taken off the field right across the weekend. Uh, Wayne Bennett, Ricky Stewart, both uh, outspoken about it. Um, this was Ricky Stewart after the Raiders lost to the Cowboys. Do you think I'd let a player play if he had a uh, concussion or he's concussed? Um, and I don't just trust the player's comments when he comes to the sideline in regards to that. But when he's down, getting his leg, leg attended to, and I asked him, and his eyes, isn't, there was no fatigue and there was no pain in his eyes in regards to when he came off, he was very coherent. That didn't help us in that game. We had to serve two players there in very important positions for 30 minutes in that game. The RLPA, they don't trust coaches. All they do is want to come and talk to me about how much more time off the players are going to get and how much more money. I didn't hear anybody from the RLPA come out and try and go to the NRL in regards to playing up here at 4.30 in the afternoon. We were very lucky that it wasn't the immediate of what it was yesterday because I think it could have been dangerous for the players' welfare. Yeah, so there's Ricky Stewart. Now, the players he's referring to, Sebastian Chris, the fullback, had a leg injury, being treated and got taken off on independent doctor yep. advice. And then Corey had a win a night up. Now, that's, that's the cure because the bunker look at it and have no head contact. And then a few minutes later, like, there was no penalty, no, no, nothing, no, no dramas. And then a few minutes later, the independent doctor takes him from the field thinking there's head contact. 
So hang on a sec. There's so a, just on the I know concussions just, just, don't have to be all head contact. You can get a the whiplash effect, but th- that wasn't in this case. Yeah. No, no. Because so so can you understand the level of frustration from Ricky Stewart? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but... So, did Seb, Chris, oh, oh. did Seb Chris have any sort of head knock at all? Was there was there any anything in the Seb well, Chris... Was there a collision where he knocked his head? Because back... Let, let's... So, the Kalen Ponga one, where he was taken off on, in the 69th mm. minute. Um, now, whether the, the team that has the player taken off is a chance to win, and that was the case with the Knights... Ponga was just held up uh, previously, almost scored a try. The game was tight. But when I looked at the, the Kalen Ponga head knock, like he, he collided pretty heavily with a with a Warriors player head on hip. I, mm. I, I couldn't argue with the, the independent doctor in that case. Mm. But what about but Ricky's line saying they don't trust us? Well, you know what, Ricky? We, we, prob- we the fans, probably don't. <laughs> because I, I see things like yesterday, Jared Wallace... It was obvious. Shoulder. I mean, absolute shoulder injury. He gets mm, off HIA. Like the, the club bringing him off yep. HIA. Matt Lodge is, is staying on the field for the Roosters with facial fracture. They don't get him off. But independent doctor gets him off. And then, lo and behold, oh, hang on a second. Now he's, now he's failed HIA. And because Victor Radley had failed one earlier, Roosters got to activate a second player. Fletcher Baker, the 18th man, uh, the 18th player. Mm. Like... No, no, I don't. I don't trust the clubs. If if Ricky's asking that question, wanting an answer, then I'm thinking on behalf of fans. I'm saying no, we don't. We don't actually trust the process. We don't. And but take your your opinion, of course, on the Motorola open line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy and uh, Edgewater texts zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, now injuries for Victor Sports. Let's run through a few of those. Um, Latrell Mitchell scans on the knee. PCL, we're talking about. Uh, Cameron Munster expected to miss two to three games after having surgery to fix a compound fracture of his finger. Uh, Storm to play the Bulldogs next week. Kieran Foran to have scans on a knee injury. Uh, worse than a bad cork, we're being told. That was after the Titans win yesterday. There's a whole host of other injury problems, but there are a few of the main ones. Thanks to mm. Victor Sports and the breakfast show tipping after round one. Uh, none of us really on fire, but Brandy, you've got five, the defending champ. Vossi, four. Mm. Missile, three. I'm just happy um, that I'm not last, um, and that's how I hope that it remains. Uh, the cricket, since we went off air, I mean, it's just it's a distant memory. The third test, but all hail Australia. Um, Travis Head gets out there and peels off the runs with Manus Lubbershane. It's a huge win. Yep. Nine wicket yeah. win over India in Massive. India. It's yep. huge. Huge win. Trent Copeland's coming on the show later today. He's retired from the Blues. He's hanging him up. Did Trent Copeland start his career as a wicketkeeper? Was he a wicketkeeper? Well, I'll ask him that. Turned himself into a pretty good fast bowler and a good commentator, Vossi. Oh, yeah, I love hearing Trent uh, talk about cricket. Now, the Kings, too, and that's remarkable. Sports Mm. fans out there, tell me if you've come. Is this very common in, in, in sports where we have best of five, best of seven? that the home team loses game one and the home team then loses game two. The other team, we're one all with two away wins to start a series. I don't think that's a very common occurrence. I'll stand corrected, 
But that's an amazing start. And uh, back in action Friday at Kudos Bank Arena. We've got plenty of A-League to talk about. Uh, the Rugby Union, New South Wales, the Waratahs coming up with a win, but we'll run through all the scores. You're listening to The Best of Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. Dave Riccio from The Daily Telegraph joined us to bring us all the big NRL headlines from the weekend. And now on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy, the back page with David Riccio. Dave, there was some fantastic footy over the weekend. Good morning to you. Um, but probably the biggest story was surrounding the independent doctor. Good morning, Brandy and Vossie. Yeah, it certainly was. I really enjoyed the opening round of footy. Uh, I'm happy to put my hand up. I got it wrong. Wayne Bennett, the king, too good. Uh, and the Dolphins, that was sensational yesterday. But you're right, Brandy. A lot of the focus has centred around the involvement of the independent doctor, kicking off, obviously, with Kalen Ponga being removed from the field uh, over in New Zealand against the Warriors, uh, leading to Adam O'Brien questioning um, just if uh, how much involvement the independent doctor is having uh, having too much say. Well, I can tell you guys that there will be a review of every game uh, today by the Chief Medical Officer, uh, Sharon Flahive, in at the NRL. And what will happen there is, uh, uh, Dr. Flahive will go through the process of the independent doctor reaching that decision to either uh, interject and take a player off the field uh, and, and basically to assess whether the doctor uh, uh, overcalled the situation or in some cases may have uh, missed one or undercalled the situation. So uh, that, will, that will unfold today. What will be the outcome? Nothing. But what, what the ultimate aim of the review process today will be is that um, an attempt to create a consistency among all the independent doctors on making calls on whether a player should be removed from the field. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a tough job to get consistency yep. across independent doctors and what they call. I, I'm, I'm curious about the Seb Chris one, um, whether yep. there was a head knock at all. Um, but watching mm. the Kale and Ponga one over and over, uh, very hard to argue. It, it, like it was a it was a big collision. His head on the Warriors player's hip. Um, yep. You know, momentarily on the ground. Uh, I I don't think the I, I I don't think Newcastle can jump up and down about that. Anyway, we'll we'll see what see what comes out of it. But can can I ask a question to you, David? While we're talking about this yeah, side of it. Is inquiry done the other side? I mean, are we entitled to ask the question about Jared Wallace's HIA enforced by the Titans yesterday? This had nothing to do with the doctor. The HIA, yeah. Brandy and I calling the game. Everyone saw it. Shoulder injury. Shoulder injury. Yeah. Next minute, you know, yeah. forward they want to get off the field. It's an HIA. You're entitled to investigate that. Matt Lodge stayed on the field. The Roosters kept him out there with a facial fracture. Independent doctor calls him off. Then, then a couple of minutes later, oh, he's a failed HIA, and that means they can activate their 18th. I mean, it it sort of yeah. goes both ways. We, we've got a lot to clear up here, I believe. Yeah, well, you're right. And this has been ongoing, hasn't it, guys, for, for many seasons about whether clubs and coaches and teams are, are pushing the envelope on keeping players and maybe, as you are alluding to, Bossy, uh, potentially looking after a uh, looking at a free interchange with, with a player coming off with a shoulder when he's really done his head. Uh, yeah, like, it's... it's there's a lot of grey area here, guys, and it has been around for, for a number of seasons about coaches um, looking for that free interchange. And and I, I hear you, Vossi. Like it, there has been a lot of complaints about the way the NRL are policing concussions, but it works both ways, doesn't it? 
It works well, both it ways. It does. Yeah, and, and, and middle forwards getting concussed around the 20-minute mark, 20, 25-minute mark, um, is a regular thing. Mm. Uh, now, a couple yep. of clubs. Reality check time, round one. Yeah. Yeah, well, firstly, the Bulldogs. Yeah, a lot of excitement and hype around the transformation of the Dogs. Well, that certainly was a reality check. But guys, they were... They were woeful in 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 the most uh, a schoolboy of errors that there, there were so many schoolboy errors in in that performance by the bulldogs and i just can't i just can't like i can't think that they won't learn from they almost felt it was almost a case of stage fright guys i don't know how you saw it i, I felt as though they were they were pushing the envelope on on so in so many kicks out on the full Viliami Kikiao kicking on the fifth tackle. Why did Viliami get the ball back? No, what, what, why, yeah, was, yeah. why was Viliami, why did he have the ball on play five? That, that, yeah. That's the bigger question. If, if Daly Cherry Evans, who I said David earlier, was, he was, in terms of performances, uh, he was a standout performer of the weekend. Yeah. Just behind, yeah. just in front of Lockie Ilias. Um, but. Yeah. You know, if if Daly was a nine out of ten, like Matt Matt Burton gets a two out of ten. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, t- talking about you know disappointing opening round games. Gee, Matt Matt was he was floundering. It, 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 for me, I really felt like it. The, they just looked short of a run. It felt like it felt it felt like there was, that was their trial match almost. The, the, the blowing the cobwebs out. It, it, everything was just off kilter. Um, so as I said, so many schoolboy errors. I, I want, I'd like to assess the dogs after this week's performance, uh, have another look at them because it just it, it well, was just way too yeah. out of out of character for individuals. Brandy, Matt Burton yeah, that's is true. That type of player, really young. No, he's not that type of player. So yeah, I've got to say though, it was it still. If you're a Tigers supporter today, if you're a Bulldogs supporter today, you're hurting more than anyone because it was nothing but positivity. Both clubs, it, 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 right up to the yep. weekend, Saturday, double-page spread, Cameron Serrata. Yesterday, double-page spread, Tim Sheen's talking about, you know, this is it, the yep. zen, it's all going to happen. It just didn't happen. So, no, you know, didn't. pressure builds very yeah. quickly in our game, very quickly. And, and to be fair, Bossy, <clears throat> excuse me, and Brandy, um, Justin Holbrook at the Titans... Is forever in the uh, in the background as far as bringing a coach under pressure. Credit to the Titans yesterday; they, they were very well drilled, disciplined, played a good brand of football. Sensational coaching from Holbrook to switch David Fafita from the right to the left edge. Um, something that David we haven't seen a lot of Fafita do. It it proved a masterstroke. Kieran Foran comes from the field; he is their star signing in the halves. He comes from the field; they still go on and get the job done. I thought it was a good effort by the Titans. Yeah, I, I did too. Yep, one of one of one of the real standout performances. Uh, now, speaking of Tigers, John Bateman, what's the latest? Oh, there's so much uh, interest in when John B- Bateman will play, guys. Now, talking to Tim Sheens over the weekend, I got a real sense that, well, certainly he indicated that if it was a grand final yesterday, he would play. Now, there's been a lot of speculation around whether it's an injury. Uh, related to John, an ankle foot problem. Um, Sheen's disputed that straight away. He said Bateman 
needs time to get to know the players. He's been at the club two weeks. Um, he needs to know the, the plays, the setups, the structure of the of, of the club. And 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 he indica- indicated that you know so fit and strong is John Bateman. No one can beat him on the wrestling mat. Now, I get the sense he will be included in the 21-man squad tomorrow on Teamless Tuesday, and they will continue to assess him this week. I get the the sense he's going to play, guys. I may be proven wrong, but I get the sense, the way Sheens was talking, that Bateman could line up against the Newcastle Knights this weekend. Now, that'll be interesting, guys, because we know that there's not a great history between he and Jackson Hastings going back uh, to their playing days together in the UK Super League. Uh, So that would certainly add uh, a backdrop of animosity going into that game. But I get the sense that Bateman will be given this week to prove his fitness and get out there on the weekend for his first game with the Tigers. And even more so, more pressing, because Sean Bloor... Um, didn't last long yesterday, failed HIA, so straight yes, away there's right. some uh, injury concerns as well. Uh, other big names in doubt for round two, David, very quickly? Well, quickly, yeah, we know that Matt Lodge, guys, uh, Matt Lodge of the Sydney Roosters will undergo facial surgery, so he's gone for a number of weeks. Now, keep an eye on Latrell Mitchell, guys. Um, it is a PCL knee uh, issue for Latrell Mitchell. Now, it's a short turnaround. They play Thursday night against the Panthers, so Latrell will uh, be on a, a very light program this week before deciding whether he plays. Uh, and I just touched on Matt Lodge, but certainly the Roosters, guys. Jared Warrior Hargraves, it's an ongoing hamstring and back problem. Joey Manu, facial problem. Victor Radley, that's a, that's becoming a concern mm. now, guys. The number of head knocks that Victor's been uh, suffering. I'll be surprised if he runs out this weekend. So certainly um, a lot of players in doubt going forward into round two, guys. Hey, Dave, just one without notice, just while we're talking concussions, yep. something that was raised last year, and I've, I've read a little bit about it over the summer, and uh, failed HIAs out of a round of footy, um, the mm. mandatory stand-down. Is that... Other sports have it. Has there been any more talk about confirming that, whether players are ruled out for a week or a 10-day period? Yep. Brandy, the NRL are currently assessing that process on whether they go down that path. They haven't, <clears throat> excuse me, they haven't committed to it. Um, they are doing, an, no. you know, a deep analysis of it, all those other sports. Um, but it is it, certainly being discussed in a, in a commission level, and whether we yep. get to that point of a mandatory standard of six to seven days, uh, Brandy, I understand. Right. Okay, we'll see where we'll see All where right, that David. lands. We'll see. we'll see. You sound a bit croaky today, David. I think I think the first round's got the yeah. better of you. I think you know you, you haven't yep. paced yourself. You've uh, you haven't you haven't quite yeah. got through it personally. I think you're struggling. You might be in doubt for round two. Gone very yeah. hard. Yep. I'll get the now. I'm jumping in the ice bath now, guys. Okay. Good on you, Dave. Yeah, that'll help. Good. That'll help. <laughs> he loves getting nude, though, doesn't he, Dave Riccio? First chance he gets <laughs> nude into the ice bath. Uh, Dave well. Riccio from you, Dave. the Telegraph. You're listening to Best of Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. The GOAT, Cameron Smith, joined us as he will every Monday during the NRL season. And we tackled all the big issues of the opening weekend of what was a cracking NRL weekend. We have the one and only Cameron Smith joining us. The GOAT, 
uh, who's actually basking in the glory. There's sort of a maroon glow about him this morning. He's got pineapples, <laughs> he's got mangoes. All four Queensland clubs. We're not just one, two or three, but all four. Cameron, can you say hand on heart you're expecting that to happen? Welcome to Oh, New of course, Vossie. Yeah, how are we going? Brandy, how are you? Great to be back. Hey, oh, of course, of course, I was. I had a firm belief that all four clubs were going to win. The Dolphins yesterday, fantastic. Plus Melbourne. Fifth. What a great weekend. What a great weekend. <laughs> what a great yeah, weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that, well, first up, let's let's deal with the Dolphins. That that was that was an extraordinary win. I, I am, am I feeling like that because I just thought the Roosters would win. I just thought it, it's too tough a, yeah. it's too big an ask for the Dolphins to do it round one against a side. Although down a you know they're missing a couple of players, but still mm. th- this is a side that you know is up there with the top two or three teams as chances to win the premiership. So to yeah, absolutely to do it in round one. Unbelievable, yeah, it was, and and to be at the ground yesterday was was it, it was great. Just to see, you know, the the crowd build, um, you know, from a, about an hour in um, to kick off thirty thirty five thousand there yesterday, fellas. Like it was just a remarkable atmosphere, and and majority of those people were all dolphins, are all there in their red and white gear, and they all had those fins on their head, um, and they started waving them around as the dolphins sort of kicked on on, on the scoreboard, but. It was it was just a wonderful atmosphere, a wonderful moment for not just the Dolphins but but rugby league. It was just great yeah. to see a, a new team in the competition, and particularly up there in Brisbane. And and the way that they went went about their football yesterday, when they when they got a sniff and they seen opportunities, they just took it to the Roosters. Which Brandy, I, I agree with you. Very few people would have thought that that win would have gone to uh, the Dolphins. Now, an old teammate of yours, who I, I thought he changed the game in the you know sort of final fifteen minutes of that first half, uh, with his defence, Felice Kafusi mm. was just, outstanding. Well, he he won the Arthur Beetson Medal, didn't he, and and deservedly so. Yeah, that's right. He he took out the Artie uh, Legacy Medal, I think it's called, and uh, and off the back of those those game changing moments through defence, and he and he, mm. I'll tell you what, one of those moments he took on his old teammate Brandon Smith, where he absolutely lined him up with the right shoulder and and really just give it to him. He went straight through his rib cage and he knocked Brandon down and he kept him on the ground there for a little bit. But it, I think he just he, he took it upon himself yesterday, where the, the game was sort of seesawing end to end. Not no team really had control of the match, and he took it upon himself to to change the momentum. Through his defence and through his aggression, he just he's, he he looked, you know, either side of him. He's got some young players around him, not a lot of experience, and he just said, "Look, this is I'm going to change it for my team. I'm going to change the fortunes for my footy side." And a, a deserved winner of the medal yesterday. You, you, you know what it was too, Smitty. It was, it was an example that you can change the the, the, the state of the game through your defence, but exactly. without making contact with players' heads. Like that's his, right. Yeah, his tackles were waist high. Yep. Just snap them in half. Good, where you know, and we saw over the weekend a number of players try and do that, but they got it wrong. They yep. made contact with heads, and uh, yep. that was just a, an example of great good defense. Point. It was just good old fashioned tackle technique, wasn't it? Where you'd bend your back, you get your shoulder in and around, the, you know, the stomach or the rib cage, and you know, there were a couple of bone rattling tackles, but a couple of them forced errors as well. So you're exactly yeah. right, Brandy. You, you can actually change. You know your team's fortunes, and you can change the momentum with your defence. If 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 you, you know, if if you think about it, if you Legally. apply yourself properly, yeah. 
Now, Cameron Smith is here with us. If you'd like to fire in a question, you can do that on the Edgewater Homes text line, 0457 736 736. You can call the Motorola open line, 1300 01 1170. Cameron, you haven't been on board. You don't realise that Motorola have come on board and, and we have this uh, young lady uh, promote the open line. Here she is. Hello, Moto. She's become a fan favourite. <laughs> she's very popular. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You can speak directly to the goat ah. on the Motorola open line. Now, look, Cameron. One sandwich doesn't make a picnic. One clown doesn't make a circus. It is one win for the Dolphins. And Wayne Bennett said yesterday, "Let us enjoy today rather than look ahead." But yeah. in all seriousness, um, have you are you readjusting forecasts on the Dolphins after just one match, or what do you think is the realistic pass mark goal for this year? Well, look, I, you know, I, I think it's still. I, I still want to see a little bit more football be played um, before you know I start jumping on the bandwagon of the Dolphins. Don't get me wrong, yesterday's result and and just the entire match um, at Suncorp was just a fantastic um, afternoon. It it really was. It was a great afternoon of the football, big crowd, um, yeah, great result for the Dolphins, and uh, you know it was just as I said, you know, a really nice afternoon. I'd like to I'd like to just sit. And watch for for maybe the next you know month to six weeks to see how they can back that up because it if if the Dolphins would have turned up yesterday and and not put in a performance similar to what they did, I think a lot of people would have been disappointed. Just given the occasion, given the occasion, as I said, it was a huge crowd, great atmosphere. It's hard not to be up for those matches, and it's your yeah. first up hit up, hit out. So. I expected them to get out there and perform well, perform bravely. To be honest, I, I, I thought the Roosters were going to win, but they were fantastic. But I just want to sit and now watch to see how their next six weeks pan out. Like, right. any, with all due respect to the Dolphins, like it's easy to get up for one game. The hardest thing, particularly in this competition, is to um, you know keep that level of performance week in, week out. Uh, okay, let, let me let me just update. I'm going to update the Dally M leaderboard because we we spoke to Michelle Bishop about Ooh. the Dally M's. They're going. Um, they will be the judges won't be um, publicised. So and there's two oh, judges right. for each game. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the players that got three points from both judges, and there's five of them. Harry Grant is on six points, so got three points from both judges. Charles Nickel Clockstad also picked up six points. Really? Wow. Da- yeah. So Chan's got both three points from both judges. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans, that, that's an easy one. Cherry Evans was my player of the round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lockie Ilias also picked up six points. And out of yesterday's game, uh, and uh, well, I'll ask Cameron his opinion of, uh, Jeremy Marshall King had a game, wow. didn't he? Okay. Fantastic. He got yeah, the, fantastic. He got, so he got six points. Yeah, no, that's um, and, and that's fair enough. He 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 actually started the game extremely well. He took on the Roosters early, made a couple of little half little line breaks, set up, set up a try for um, the hammer, and then passed a lovely ball um, to Mark Nichols as well. So he yes. was he was heavily yeah. involved, and and just I think it shows that it's a, it's a great pickup by the Dolphins. You know, picking up Marshall King from the Dogs. 
Now, we've got so much to talk to Cameron about. We'll ask him about the Tigers leaving um, Appy Coruscant on the bench, and I'm sure um, Tigers mm. fans would love to hear the reaction of the, <laughs> the greatest hooker of all time here, Cameron Smith, to that. But we do have to talk about HIAs as well. Um, we'll get to that. You can ring through on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy for Motorola. Don't forget, you can check out the latest smartphones from Motorola at motorola.com.au and we have the Edgewater Homes text line up and running today and just to try and we're trying to bring you back down a little bit the New South Wales Welshman <laughs> listening Stuart Cronulla says Cameron all four Queensland teams won't win next week he's declared it and the reason I thought oh there you go there's well that's right because the Cowboys play the Broncos so they all so can't win next week, Cameron. Oh, well done. There you go. That's a, that's a great statement. <laughs> well done. We're clinging to something. You know, clinging to something. Let's go to the open line right now. Say hello, Motto. It is Miles from Byron Bay listening in on the SEN app. Wants to speak to you, Cameron. Say good day to Miles. Morning, Miles. Morning, Cam. Morning, boys. Hello, Motto. Uh, just wanted to <laughs> ask the uh, question to all of you boys, but uh, particularly you, Cam, just... In regards to the HIAs, I know they're always going to be an issue. Um, we're a physical game, we know that. But as a fan, looking from the 90s, 2000s, up to the period when you just retired, do you think because the NRL has sped the game up, um, it's an obvi- obvious sort of answer that, yes, there's more conflict with head injuries, tackles, things like that. But just because it's making the game more you know, interesting, they say, do you think it would be better if we could possibly, and it's probably not in the realm of possibility, but just from your thoughts, boys, do you think if we brought it back a bit, where we got rid of the six agains and we slowed it down a little bit, we'd get rid of so many HIAs? Because I reckon every game we're getting two or three head knocks. And I just feel like it's actually ruining the game. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a fair point, Miles, and, and it's an argument that I've, I've, I've heard on several occasions to say that, well, the game has become so fast due to you know several rule changes that there's more fatigue in the game. And, and just naturally with with more fatigue brings you know clumsiness and and times where you know players particularly are going in to make tackles or attempted tackles where you know they just throw an arm out they, they catch people high or even injure themselves if they go low when their technique isn't great because they are a little bit that little bit more fatigued and they pick up a hip or a knee um, there is that argument but you know it's a very difficult one to say, you know, how can we manipulate the game to prevent head knocks? Because since 1908, ever since the very first game, that there has been head knocks in our game. That That's just, unfortunately, because of the nature of our sport and, and the high impact, high collision part of it, aspect of our game, which makes our game so unique and great, there are going to be some head knocks along the way. Now, whether that is because of the, the game being sped up, I believe it, it has contributed in some cases. There's no doubt about that because there's so much more yeah. fatigue in the game. You know, whether we want to change the game and slow it down, that, that's, that's another question, I guess. Yeah, that, 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 that is a good point. But, Miles, you, you do bring up something um, that, that sort of makes sense. Um, I was just going through all the injuries that, that happened, all the head knocks over the weekend. Um, yep. And most of them, mo- I'd say 95% of them are either head clashes mm. uh, that's, or players getting their head in the wrong spot tackling. Mm. Yep. So hips, tackle technique. hips and knees. Yep. Uh, for you, Miles, we've got a Signet Power Boost Bank to send to you valued at $60. Signet Power Boost Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Miles, well done, mate. Have a great Monday. Thank you, boys. You too. Have a good one. 
Good on you, Miles. Stay on the line right on, there. Uh, we'll get your details. Uh, I just think bigger, faster, stronger. The example I like to give the game, you know, our athletes mm. are bigger, faster, stronger. Wayne Pierce, Mitchell Pierce yes. was heavier, the halfback of the modern game, Mitchell Pierce heavier than his dad was at any time in his career and his dad playing the back row for Australia. So we're bigger, faster, yeah. stronger athletes now. And, but that, you know, but that has happened. Impact, that has all happened. of that's going to contribute. <coughs> Yeah, that's happened right throughout the history of rugby league, Vossi, because I, I remember Ron Willie coaching me in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, and, and Ron saying to me, you know, I was 84 kilos, and Ron was Ron said to me, mate, 84 kilos, you, you would have been playing in the back row when I played. Yeah. Like, so in the 50s, <laughs> he said, at 84 kilos, you'd, you'd be a back rower. So it's just, you know, Pr- each generation gets bigger. Brandy, can I ask you a question? And Vossi, you you would you would um, you can answer this too. When the game had a five metre rule for the defensive line, was there was there less head knocks in the game then? Because of because of do you see what the point I'm making? Because of the distance that the players yeah. are apart now, yeah. there's the, the ball carriers carry a lot more momentum into the the defensive line than what they did. Off the a collision's rule. bigger. It is. Yeah. yeah. There's no doubt so it, the collision's bigger. Yeah, for sure. Is that is that yep. contributing as well? Uh, I, I well, it probably does. Uh, we mm. we wouldn't have in the '80s. We wouldn't have had uh, any less head knocks, but the head knocks were different because head knocks yeah. were elbows and you know knees, swinging arms, what, what, <laughs> swinging arms. Yes, that's can't right. run without eyes, Cameron. I can't run but without right. eyes. Was the same back in the day. Well, well, if you if you were on the ground and didn't get whacked in the head, well, that was a rare thing. Like, mm. Yeah. Oh, I think I might have been dazed every time I hit the ground. <laughs> what about, the, what about the invoice from the independent doctor in the 80s? He would have been <laughs> would have seven on the sideline, oh, like a posse of independent doctors. But there was a yeah. no-yard rule at one stage. Like, no-yard rule. There was nothing doing. But Brandy and I attended last week, Cameron, um, a referee's like uh, explanation of uh, rule tweaks for the year. And the yep. buzz phrase seemed to come out of them. They said, we want to widen the corridor. The corridor, they talked about, the attacking corridor and that is one of the reasons why defenders this year have to have both feet either in line or behind the referee at the 10 meters Mm. it's just that fraction further away but they're talking about their concentration on the corridor so they're going the other way to what you're suggesting there Cameron and I I would say anecdotally there's a there's a lot of proof there to say you're right Um, it contributes to more um, head knocks more dramatic collisions that's right that's right well Uh, I'll tell you what you yeah you did need Cam in 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 the the five yard rule day. You you needed a good dummy half. If the dummy half mm. was slow, by the time you're catching the ball, you, they're the on you. Are on top like, of they're they're yeah. in your face. Yeah. Yep. You're listening to the best of breakfast with Vossie and Brandy, a legend of New South Wales cricket. Trent Copeland announced his retirement over the weekend, and we caught up with him to discuss the highlights of his career and his plans for the future. Now, look, a retirement. Look, I know it hasn't been a great summer for New South Wales cricket, not at all, not by any stretch, but we're not here just to talk about one summer in isolation. We are here this morning to pay tribute to one of the finest contributors of modern times to the Blues. His name is Trent Copeland, and you've got to know him a little more through uh, Channel 7 Cricket Commentary. He does an outstanding job. But at 37, he will no longer be playing on field. He is retiring from first-class cricket. Let the record show. 410 
first-class wickets, including six and three tests for Australia way back in 2011. Amazing figures on debut for New South Wales as a 23-year-old, which Brandy wants to talk about. Trent Copeland is on the line right now. G'day, Trent. Hello, boys. How are we going? How quickly going retirement good, comes round. You retire on Friday. Come Monday, you go back to just being a dad and you've got the school run to do this morning, correct? <laughs> it's exactly correct. There's two kids running around in the backyard. Uh, yes, it's back to frantic time. But I, to be honest, that's one of the things that when making the decision, I'm looking most forward to. You know, being able to not be off to training where I can, after a day of four-day cricket, not being able to tie my shoelaces up because I'm that sore, uh, being actually present at home with Kim and the kids. So, yeah, it's uh, long overdue and I can't wait, to be honest. Okay, I'm, I'm always interested in, in finding out, just was, was there a moment, Trent, this year or, or was it a build-up? Did you sort of know coming into this year that this would be your final one or was there a moment this year you just went, that's it, that, that, that's, that does, that'll do it? Yeah, it was probably actually, you know, Bossy, you just mentioned the stuff that I do on Channel 7, watching the Test cricket and sitting there thinking about, you know, what my career might look like post-cricket um, and thinking over the summer of Test, how much I'm enjoying that part of my life. And um, certainly, as you mentioned, I'm t- turning 37 in a couple of weeks. And I, I think, uh, yeah, there comes a time where part of my decision-making was actually, uh, and I'm sure you were the same, Brandy, thinking about what's next for New South Wales, thinking about the next crop and are they ready? Have I done my job in sort of leaving um, a bit of a legacy behind and, and how we do things? And I think I'm pretty comfortable within that as well as my own performances so it's a build-up of all of that it certainly wasn't one day but I was yeah all of that meshed in together Um, along with a a wife that's been through it at the elite level playing netball for 20 years for Australia and um, you know being able to have a sounding board like that was brilliant yeah Um, now Vossi and I were chatting before the show and we're just going through your through your numbers and an eight for 92 um, I, I, I thought, oh, well, I've got to talk to Trent about his 8 for 92. Um, but Vossi informed me that you, that was your debut game for New South Wales. Is that right? Yes, that is right. And I, you know eight what? 8 for I 92. Wish everyone, <laughs> 8 for 92. And I wish everyone would tell you at that point, it's only downhill from there. You're never getting that again. <laughs> so it was one of those, yeah, look, I was... What a start. Uh, well, I was... It, called on the Thursday. I wasn't actually part of the squad, so I was a, a few years before that, I was a wicketkeeper batsman for St. George in third grade. So, you know, it was a really unique and rapid sort of changing landscape. So I, I wasn't even in the New South Wales squad. At that point, there was oh, Glenn McGrath, Brett Lee, Nathan Bracken, Stuart Clark, all of these guys sort of well and well ahead of me. And I got a call coaching kids down in carrying bar at the indoor centre on a Thursday and said, uh, you need to be at the SCG tomorrow. You're playing it against Queensland at the SCG. You've got to come in and meet Matthew Mott and Simon Caddick, who was the captain. So I just was sort of in a whirlwind and it all happened very quickly. Um, and yeah, that day, eight for, I, I actually bowled the whole first spell. Uh, the first ball I bowled bounced twice before the keeper and I was thinking to myself, <laughs> uh, is there anywhere I can go and hide? Um, and then no wickets at lunch um, after my first bowling stint. So, uh, and then, you know, after that, the rest is history. So I'm very lucky. Yeah. 
Wow. I, I, I said to Vossi too <laughs> early this morning before we, we got underway, I said, I'm sure I've, sp- I've, I've spoken to Trent a number of times over his career and I'm sure he said he was a wicket keeper and, and you just said that. <laughs> I, I remember you saying to us, ten, might have been 10 years ago, that you're a wicket keeper for St George in grade cricket. Extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I broke too many fingers. I was playing hockey and um, all different sorts of stuff. But, yeah, it was originally give it up. So I had six cracks at the next team as a batsman because back then they didn't pick the wicketkeeper in the next grade unless he was either retiring at a wedding or something like that. So it was more about that. And then I'd, I guess most wicketkeepers that want to bowl, uh, I've got maybe a little bit of a height advantage over um, you know, the, the four foot ten guys that want to uh, get into it. So, yeah, very lucky. 195 centimetre tall wicketkeeper. Yeah, no, that's that's big. Um, your your <laughs> career story, Trent Copeland is our special guest. He's announced his retirement from first class cricket and a magnificent career. But it certainly teaches people or could inspire people about persistence and continuing to work. You don't play. You don't make your first class debut until twenty three, and you're still playing at thirty seven. But I can remember along mm. the way. Correct me if I'm wrong, Trent. Like there were injuries as well, and I said to remember, I don't know how far back, but a season there, you you just had to be a specialist batsman in grade cricket. You you weren't bowling. Injuries just part and parcel of the job. Yeah, and to be honest, uh, I mean you're absolutely right, and I think the the wicketkeeper part of this is you know, talking to kids and I'm sure you guys can I guess get your head around this message is you might think you're something right now and you think okay all my attention has to go into that all my focus has to go into that skill whether it's footy whether it's corporate life you can change whatever you want to do and I guess I'm an example that um, you know getting to play test cricket for Australia after being a wicketkeeper my whole junior career um, is exactly that but yeah injuries come and really, the media stuff that I'm now doing has springboarded off that. I've missed, I only missed one full year with my back injury, and that was the year you're referring to. And I started doing radio broadcasting that year for ABC and, um, you know, sitting down talking cricket. And it's sort of lit this fire within me about, you know, broadcasting and not just cricket, you know, doing footy, um, doing the Olympics and stuff for seven has been brilliant as well. So I just love it. Mm. I'm just I'm just penciling in here. I'm just writing it down, jotting down like Eddie Jones. If someone took a photo of the piece of paper I'm writing down, breakfast with Vossie and Trent. Oh, sorry, Brady. That's just that's <laughs> I was going to say. Could, could be. Yeah. I'm just saying. Are you an early, say, early morning man? <laughs> yeah. Oh, get me in whenever you need, Brandy. If you're ever off sick, give me a buzz. Well, yes, Wednesday's will do. Uh, James Magnuson, Paul, uh, Trent, no, we will talk more at a later date um, and get your thoughts on uh, international cricket as well. But today was all about you. Congratulations. Amazing career. You should be very proud. And at the foremost of things to do now, enjoy your time with your family. More time. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks so much, guys. Good on you, Good Trent. Good on you, Trent Copeland. Very impressive. On and off. Uh, and now retired, 37 years of age.